Have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait, you look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money? A lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV, starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money? Which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start saving today. Visit Sling.com to see your offer. Sling. Have you ever wanted to be a guest on These Are Their Stories? Tell us your favorite detective team. Spot the Hey, It's That Guy. Enter the These Are Your Stories contest. One lucky listener will be chosen to join us and review a show from TV's most enduring crime franchise. And talk about the real-life story that inspired the show. Go now to lawandorderpodcast.com. Fill out the questionnaire and tell us why you should be our very special guest star. Do you have a Raphael Barba tattoo? Do you write Van Buren fan fiction? Did Ice-T cut you in line at Whole Foods? We'll pick an extra special episode just for you. Enter now for your chance to be part of our elite squad. See our website for details. No purchase necessary. We don't actually sell shit. Sign up now for the These Are Your Stories contest. And if you tell us you love Amaro, you're dead to us. For exclusive podcasts and more, sign up at patreon.com slash partners in crime media. This week's Law & Order Marathon winner is Kathy Talent of Knoxville, Tennessee. Kathy will get a marathon decal showing she watched 26.2 hours of her favorite crime show. To be next week's winner, sign up at lawandorderpodcast.com. I'm Kevin Flynn with Rebecca Lavoie and Nettie Smith, and these are their stories. You think you know who did it, but you don't know who did it. Law and order, law and order, law and order. It's no ordinary police procedural, baby. It's the FNOG of police procedurals, baby. Law and order. Welcome to These Are Their Stories, the podcast about Network TV's most enduring crime franchise and the real-life cases that inspired their shows. I'm Kevin Flynn. Each podcast will break down an episode from either Criminal Intent, SVU, or Original Recipe. And today we're looking at SVU, Season 15, Episode 4, Internal Affairs. Well, somebody got her to kill the complaint. Scared the daylights out of her. Wait a minute, this is for IA. They go after cops. Yeah, these aren't cops. The rapists. Joining me to do just that is true crime author and the host of Crime Writers On and Netflix's You Can't Make This Up podcasts, Rebecca Lavoie. Hello, Rebecca. Uh, let's move in together, Kevin. I can't wait to unpack our wine glasses together. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to like leave that non sequitur there. We'll get to it later, I guess. <laughs> Rounding out our panel is our special guest from the Get Wasted on South of Nowhere podcast, Nettie Smith. Hi, Nettie. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for having me. I'm actually holding back the urge to ugly cry because I absolutely <laughs> am in love with this podcast and I'm honored to be here. So, thank Oh, that's you. so wonderful for you to say so. Look, I, you do a, a podcast about a TV show called South of Nowhere. I'm not familiar with that TV show. Tell us about it. So it was on Teen Nick from 2005 to 2008. And <laughs> it's uh, one of the first, if not the first, LGBTQ uh, character-led television shows that uh, follows a young girl um, who moves to a new town, uh, realizes that she's gay, and, and deals with that over three seasons coming out to her family, dealing with her first uh, romantic relationship with a girl, and... It's uh, actually one of the most uh, edgy pieces of television that uh, Teen Nick has probably ever had. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm a, I was a fan. I mean, even like Nick, Nickelodeon, 
Remember when our kids were little and then we there'd be like Nickelodeon shows and Disney shows? Nickelodeon shows were edgy. They're pretty and subversive awesome. in a yeah, you know, in an yeah. age appropriate way. Those people know what they're doing over there. Yeah. yeah or well, did. <laughs> that certainly <laughs> sounds like a TV show that would resonate with folks who watched it. But I will point out that South of Nowhere had forty episodes. Yeah. And Law and Order has more than fifty seasons worth of shows. <laughs> so I would question your business plan. It's funny. Um I've had people um I, I don't know if you guys are like beefing with the uh, was it uh, special viewing unit guys? No, well, uh, <laughs> it's a fake beef, but yeah, it's fun. But yeah, yeah. they have actually said the same thing. They're like, ah, three seasons—that's nothing. That's that's chump change compared to what we do over here. So I've gotten it a lot. You're yeah, definitely. <laughs> now, Nettie, of all the franchises, which two cops are your favorite detective team? Favorite Law and Order detective team? Uh Benson and Stabler. Like, come on, if I was missing. I would want them to come and find me. I want them like young and spry though, so probably like yeah. seasons one through ten or something like that. Um, yeah. But uh, are you yeah. looking forward to Maloney's return? I am. I'm looking forward to see what they're going to do with it because it's uh, organized crime. They said it's, mm-hmm. it's going to have his own show, so we'll see if that's just as interesting as the uh, the sex crimes of SVU. But you know what's really great is that if you were missing and you had seasons one through ten, Benson and Stabler, Stabler would be looking for you hard because he has daughters, right? He has, he, has, he has to mention it. In between time of him mentioning it, yeah, he'd be looking for me. And I would <laughs> if you that. If you had kids, Livy, you'd understand. I can't wait to see what the twist is going to be in the new uh, organized crime one. It's going to be like, I have daughters in witness protection. <laughs> and Nettie, who's your favorite prosecutorial team? Favorite law and order district attorney prosecutorial team. Definitely Barba. Barbara mm-hmm. is the Beyonce of the ADAs uh, coming out of Law & Order. He's performative. He had a guy choke him in open court just to make a point. Come on now. A guy that'll go through that to make a point, he's, he's in my corner. The only thing he's missing is the fan that is always pointing at him. <laughs> like Beyonce. Getting his hair like perfectly going yeah. in the right direction no matter what direction he turns he's in. He's perfectly quaffed. There's no yes. fans anywhere around there. Don't mm-hmm. mess up hair on his head. <laughs> he's Beyonce in suspenders. <laughs> All right, now let's take a look at the first half of this episode, SVU Season 15, Episode 4, Internal Affairs. A note on some streaming services, this might be listed as Episode 3, due to a two-part season opener, so thanks for nothing, William Lewis. <laughs> well, what an eventful day for Brian Cassidy. Uh, at his new job working at the Bronx Courthouse, Officer Grove slips him a safe deposit box key just as a SWAT team raids the locker room and hauls him off to the psych ward. Later that night, Cassidy and Benson are moving into a new apartment. He says Groves was a whistleblower and wonders if NYPD had him committed just to ruin his credibility. The next day at work, Tucker shows up at the squad and says the thing they'd love hearing the most, IAB needs your help. (laughs) Tucker, what does this have to do with us? Among the crime sets that saw a drop were sexual assaults. Now we've investigated a few, but our whistleblower, whose credibility is now shattered, claims he knows a woman, Tanya Jenkins. She reported a rape to him. He's never entered into the complaint system. The original complaint was that of a drunk woman assaulted by a cabbie, but Benson and Amaro think... Something actually happened to the woman, Tanya. She also hints that the cops wanted her to keep quiet. They talked to officers West and Quinn who say, bitches be crazy. (laughs) Uh, They brought her home and was too drunk to be credible. Rollins discovers fake 911 calls made by Quinn, the female officer, and video shows them returning three times so West, the male officer, can go up to Tanya's apartment. 
After promises of getting his detective shield back, Cassidy goes undercover as West's new partner. With Liv and Nick following and listening to his wire, they see the cops bring home another drunken club hopper and West go upstairs with her. He later returns saying Quinn needs backup at a different location. It's a brothel and they're rewarding Cassidy with a romp with an escort, all of which Olivia can hear on the wire. Mm. So the episode starts off in the office of Mr. Noodle himself, (laughs) Dr. Peter Lindstrom. (laughs) Two episodes ago, we saw Olivia escape from William Lewis, and uh, so she's in therapy, and this is a recurring theme throughout the season to kind of deal with that trauma. And so Dr. Lindstrom does... The most unprofessional thing. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> he buys her a replacement necklace. I got you something to remind you of that. What's this? You said the one you used to wear was being held as evidence. Thank you. You're welcome. I know you didn't have a reminder of the attack that you could physically wear, <laughs> so I bought you one. Well, it's not inappropriate just for that reason, Kevin. I don't know if, like, therapists buying gifts for their therapy subjects is also particularly okay, even if you are discount Richard Chamberlain. I don't right. know how I feel about that. Nettie, I think this is called projection. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like he's there to help her get over this trauma, and he's like, ah, let's bring it on back. You know? <laughs> I hear other necklaces. In evidence, in evidence. <laughs> because you were kidnapped. <laughs> I don't remember. Was did like you try to choke her with it, or was it just the whole thing was? It very was. Violent. It was somewhat significant. I think she I, yeah. was wearing it. She. Yeah, I think she was wearing it when she beat him with that pipe. Yeah, <laughs> she'd been through a lot, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's a. Uh, it's so funny because I don't know if this is early to talk about, but this whole episode plays out kind of like a teen drama. I mean, you have um, her therapist who seems to have a crush on her. Like Liv is the girl. In this episode. Mm-hmm. And you have Tucker, you have Cassidy, who are all like, well, Cassidy's already with her, but these guys are yeah. like vying for her heart, you know? Yeah. We have to give a reminder of why Cassidy is in uh, uniform assigned to the Bronx courthouse. He was demoted after being accused of raping a pole dancer while he was undercover working for the pimp, the same pimp that set up Craig in for murder, and it's fucking teen drama right there, right? And <laughs> you think it was teen drama? Yeah, he was also <laughs> shot. Oh, Where yeah. did you grow up? <laughs> On South of Nowhere, hookers got killed all the time. No, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and sex workers. Sex workers, right. <laughs> yes, yes. Thank you. Cassidy was shot. They all think he was, uh, he was set up, so he didn't actually do it, but um, he's uh, trying to build his professional reputation, and now he is sleeping with Benson, and you can tell right off he's going to make a super shitty roommate. Yes. Oh, you're finally home. Yeah, sorry, it was a bitch of a day at the courthouse. Yeah, it must have been, because I kept calling you. I know, I tried calling you back, we just kept missing each other. This place looks great. He has too many t-shirts. Were you guys <laughs> analyzing the stuff that they were taking out of the boxes? There was like some no. some horns or some crap that he was taking out. skull? Out. Yeah, it was <laughs> hell. <laughs> They had a lot of wine glasses for a one-bedroom apartment. Yes. They needed it. <laughs> Actually, we know it's a two-bedroom because that's the same apartment I think Livy's still in. And we know she Noah not. has his uh, own room. With her kid. But yeah. they don't even show that second bedroom until, like, she gets the kid. Like, we don't yeah. see. There's, like, an episode later on where Amaro comes to stay over. He has to sleep on the couch. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> like, there's no bedroom all of a sudden. Continuity problem. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, something about the interviews uh, isn't sitting right when Benson and Amaro go and talk to the patrolman. So Rollins says she'll listen to 911 calls while everyone goes home. I gotta go. 
then everyone goes home. And she listens to 911 calls and tells everyone to come back to work. Yes. Even Craig is like, okay, what is it? What do you need to see the six of us for, Miss Marple? <laughs> I wasn't clear. Like, a couple things happened. One, are these the first two patrol people they talked to? Because. Yeah. They were smarmy and very suspicious. Like mm-hmm. in the first ten seconds of that conversation, I'm like, "You guys are telling on yourselves just with your faces." Right. Do you remember Tanya saying anything about him being a little handsy? To tell you the truth, we weren't really looking at him. I mean, she was drunk and disorderly. He was the complainant. Well, just remember, <laughs> Tucker gets them SVU involved because he wants him to look at this one particular crime, right? And which is going to be tied into the whole corruption thing, right? Uh, so th- that's is that why. That's the only is that why I feel like he's trying to set up Cassidy so he can get him out of the way for him so he can get with Olivia. Which happens. Jeez. Facts. Oh, yeah. So if your original question was everybody has to go back into work in the middle of the night to yeah. see Rollins, there is legitimately no reason why this couldn't have waited till the morning. Yeah. <laughs> there was no emergency. It was no good, one, but no you know kidnapped. Very much so. <laughs> Even Finn is like, you're not fucking sorry. <laughs> Fuck you. Okay, sorry to drag y'all back in. No, you're not. That's your thing. <laughs> She's like, yeah, I'm sorry. I got to bring you guys in. You're not sorry. No, you're not. Like, <laughs> that tells it like it is, man. Come on. <laughs> That's some sweet wisdom from Finn. <laughs> Drop it. Sweet wisdom from Finn. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we have a couple of repeat offenders. R- repeat offender. Returning as original squad member Brian Cassidy is Dean Winters. Not With fewer re- fingers. <laughs> not returning all his fingers, that's true, yeah? Hey, man, I'm an old dog, but I do like new tricks. Uh, not good enough for season two, but just fine for season 15, yeah. according to Dick Wolf. We also have Mr. Noodle himself, Bill Irwin. <laughs> well, that would seem to be a good place to stop. Mr. Noodle, you know Elmo's world, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, Peter Lindstrom is the character's name. Also returning as Lieutenant Ed Tucker is Robert John Burke. Yeah. She's a possible rape victim. I thought you might be sympathetic to that. Second most prominent cast member to troll our podcast. <laughs> Behind an offer, you know? Um Look, I usually don't start this deep in the supporting cast, but we do have a, hey, it's that girl. Hey, it's that girl. Do you recognize the actress playing Lila, the escort who services Cassidy? You're pretty lady. Mm, you're so sweet. Come, let's have some fun. Ooh, that's a deep oh. It is, is she in Transparent? She is. <gasps> is that, she trans? That's Trace Lissette. She oh. is a trans actress. I knew it. She was in oh. Hustlers, but you'll remember her as Shay from Transparent. Yeah, she's she was great the in that. HIV positive sex worker who was a partner to Mora. Uh, she complained about the sexual harassment by Jeffrey Tamborn and began that whole takedown. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> she's my hero. Awesome. What's significant about this episode is that Trace is the first transgender actor to play a cisgender character on a network show. Really? I guess you'd say a gender identity agnostic casting. Right. Usually oh. if you have a trans character come in, it's because they're trans. They, a make a big de- yeah. Yeah, they make a big deal about it. Castle will be like, I was with somebody who used to have a penis. <laughs> yeah. But they didn't do that. They didn't do that. Good for that. Nope. Nettie, I think it's great because in the Stabler days, it would have been like, oh, tranny hooker. It's exactly the thing. Or they would call or he, she is what they used to say mm. sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Something to be played for a laugh or like, well, New York, man, it takes all kinds. Right. <laughs> Uh, we have a Hey, It's That Guy. Hey, it's that guy. Who is playing the whistleblower Officer Groves? Anyone recognize him? No. You mean Discount David Caruso? Discount David Caruso. <laughs> Anything happens to me, a friend of mine will tell you where the box is. You take what's in the box the New York Times. Are you serious, Groves? Yes. 
Since I turned on him at the 12th, my phones are following me. Hands up. The actor's name is Mark Manchaka. He was Russ Langmore in Ozark. Really? Yeah, the uncle that Ruth uh, Langmore electrocuted on the dock. (laughs) Jesus fucking Christ, Marty. Uh, He was also in HBO's The Outsider. Uh, He played Jack uh, Hoskin, the classic Stephen King bully controlled by an evil force to do his bidding Always a ginger. Always Always a ginger. ginger. Yeah. Who is playing rape victim Tanya? You can tell them I said nothing happened. It's all cool. Tell who? Look, I was confused. I was wrong. I was drunk, got in a fight with a cabbie, and a story. Tanya, if you just... I'm late for work. I have to go. That is Megan West. She played Lila Sandgard on How to Get Away with Murder. I never watched that show. Okay, well. (laughs) She was was later strangled by Frank at Sam's request because of something to do with Rebecca and Griffin, and that is why I hate Shonda Rhimes. (laughs) Yeah, I've never seen it, but I'm sure she's great. She's getting that money, though. Yes. (laughs) How about the actor who was playing Officer West? Rules. I decide where we patrol when we stop the piss. Got it? Perfectly. Ain't no personal talk. I don't give a rat's ass about you or your kids. Hey, same here. That's David Conrad. For five seasons, he was in The Ghost Whisperer. First as Jim Clancy, who dies and then is taken over by the spirit of Sam Lucas. And then Jim starts remembering Sam things or vice versa. And that is why I hate Jennifer Love Hewitt. Oh, no, it's not her fault. Oh, Jim. Fucking totally her fault. Jennifer Love Hewitt's awesome. Are you guys going to do her episode one day? That's one of the, my favorite that is a great all-time epi- episodes oh. of Yeah, we SVU. absolutely have to do that. That episode, episode. is yes. dark. Amazing. She did amazing. She's incredible in it. Heart-wrenching. And, and, and she has had this whole like amazing post-party of five career that I super admire, given that she was horrendously body-shamed by America mm. for once appearing in a bathing suit and unflattering photo. I think she's awesome. I'm on record as Team Jennifer. Oh, yeah. Uh, me too. And she's on 911 now. She's she's a... Uh... A regular on there. It's, it's an amazing show. Uh, I was talking about Officer West. But <laughs> oh, yeah. We're totally on a <laughs> That's fine. Hey, lastly, who's playing Officer Quinn? Oh, yeah. She was a friggin' mess. Threw up all over herself in the cab. Why? We obviously did not IMDB this enough. Uh, yeah, I should have. <laughs> That's Nadia Dejani. Uh, she played sidekick Amanda in both the original and revival of the show Ned and Stacy, starring Thomas Hayden Church and Deborah Messing. What? Deep cuts. You'll know her from her classic appearance in the Beastie Boys video, Fight for Your Right to Party. I will not. I have Whoa. not seen that video for 30 years. I might have to go check that, <laughs> check that out when we get done. She might be looking different. She actually um, played Little League Baseball with Beastie Adam uh, Horowitz, and okay. they've been best friends. So do you think, like, when she was on set, she went up to Ice-T and was like, yeah, I'm an original gangster like you. <laughs> I date back to the 80s just like you, Ice. Yes? No? Uh, probably not. Ice is- uh, Probably not. I don't know. I mean, you, we hear from everybody we've ever encountered who's been on any set that, mm-hmm. like, everyone on the show is rad. Yeah. We've never heard, like, a here's what happened when I met Ice-T story. That is the missing piece for me. I really want to know. I've done- ba- I live in New York, so I've done background on SVU five times. You have? Yes. Oh, my God. Why did you bury the lead? Well, you never asked, so I didn't know if we were in that, like, structure yet. Are you in this episode? I'm not in this episode. Only season 21 I did. Oh, my God. What episodes were you in? I was in Murdered at a Bad Address. Um, You can see me as I'm walking with um, Wentworth Miller and Peter Scanavino. I walk at the end across them. So you upstage them. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, Garland's Baptism by Fire. I'm in like a crowd where we're like on the courthouse steps and we're protesting or we're like a congregation for the the uh, reverend who was accused of rape. Oh, right. yeah. Um, yeah. I'm in the one with uh, Finch from American Pie. The one where oh, he plays yeah. the, uh, I'm in the club. 
like on one of the uh they have like the cameras they're checking what happened the previous night on the cameras and i'm one of the people in the in the restaurant like talking to someone so huh. um uh, oh my god marishka's great she's always on set making jokes um and then she'd get right back into benson mode like nothing ever happened wow um, ice tea's pretty chill he doesn't really talk to anybody peter's just <laughs> off the wall peter's bouncing off the walls Huh. Like, he's like a kid in a candy store on that set. Hey, not to get personal, but, like, what do they pay for a, <laughs> an extra to walk in the background? It must be, like, some scale, right? It's very small. It's $100 an episode. Nice. Oh, and how I long t- do they leave? She got 500 bucks. I mean, they typically don't. Uh, SVU's pretty quick. It's, like, no more than six hours on set, whereas mm. other shows do 10 to 12. So they have mm. a well-oiled machine there. Um, yeah. on SVU they get it done quick they get you in and out except the last time I was on there we were going to film an episode that never aired because of coronavirus we we shot one take of like one scene we were supposed to be there all day and then they were like okay guys cut we're leaving we're done and I'm like we only did it one time and there was a rumor that someone on set had coronavirus so they shut down the whole production and that episode never aired it was like right before oh. like early March first week of March and that was the last time I was on there Wow. wow. So you might come on again when this is yeah. all over. Yeah, <laughs> let me know. Hey, so for no good reason, West and Quinn get split up, and Cassidy gets assigned to West. West, your newbie, Brian Cassidy. Guy who got busted with hookers. He's trying to earn his way back into the department's good graces. Accord him every courtesy. You know, take my advice. You get busted back to walk in the beat your age. Put in for your 20. Nice to meet you, too. Yeah, let's go. Now, I want to know... How do they know that would happen? They assign him. I mean, did the IAB call up and say, hey, put this formerly dirty cop in a car with the guy that you know is no good? Mm. And that lieutenant is on the take. Wouldn't it be like, bullshit? <laughs> yeah, I don't know how that happened. You know, Tucker's back there pulling strings and everything and making stuff happen behind the scenes. So who knows? Did you also feel like maybe that brand new cop who had just graduated from the academy like three weeks ago was maybe a little bit too old to have like just gone to the police academy. Quinn. Yes, sir. This is your partner. Kenneth Parker, I really appreciate it. Save it. Rookie, rule one, just speak when spoken to, okay? Yeah, he looked like he was about midlife crisis age. I I don't know. He was, um, (laughs) I felt so bad for that guy because he was so excited to be there and everything and then Quinn just shut him down. And I was like, yo, talk or when you're spoken to or something like that. And it's just like, yeah. oh, wow, poor guy. I think he was older than Nathan Fillion in the rookie ABC show. <laughs> <laughs> he might have been, even been older than him. Yeah. Hey, it's never too late to follow your dreams, right? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Say the three adults who started podcasts. <laughs> we have a nice scene in the car with Amaro and Benson, where mm. he's kind of, he's trying, you know, he's trying after several years to be empathic. <laughs> to be a person. <laughs> to be a person. Look, Liv, you know, I'm here. You want to talk about anything. Nick, you want to know what's great? Is that you've been normal with me, and I appreciate that more than you know. Well, you know, he lost his whole life, right? His wife left? Is that what happened? Yep. So he's starting to be like, well, I ain't shit. So, you know, I got to I got to be a better friend to people. And I think that's where that comes from. You know, he's trying to kind of have his come to Jesus moment with with Olivia, you know, Mm. and with himself. It was inside of him all along. (laughs) Yeah. So I guess she says, hey, you're the only one who's been normal to me. So basically he did well by doing nothing different. Yeah. Is that really an achievement? Basically, she's like, you're still a dick. You were a dick before. You're still a dick. dick. Yeah. Nothing's changed. I know that. I know that. So I don't want you to change. (laughs) 
So his reward for standing lookout, while he bangs a drunk club goer, West takes Cassidy to a brothel for a free blowjob. Hmm. Uh, what's later referred to as a quid pro ho. Oh. <laughs> and what do you guys think of that line? Yeah, that was clever. In politic? It was to use a word from the show. Yeah. Have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait, you look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money? A lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV, starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money? Which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start Start saving today. today. Visit Sling.com to see your offer. Sling. It's just working. Oh, yeah. I know. What do you guys think that Cassidy was doing in that room with her? Do you think he really, really went through That's with it? That's a great question because we hear on the live tape. Because he's trying to explain to Liz. Yeah, Cassidy getting something. He's moaning. Look, or no pretending te- to get something. Knowing that your girlfriend and a bunch of other detectives are listening live while you get a knob job, I will say that takes a lot of concentration. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, and then he was trying to explain to her, like, what happened, what she heard, and he, she never let him finish. She was like, nah, it's right. cool. I'm like, no, I want to hear. Yeah, it's funny because the sex worker did let him finish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and her hair. No. Um... Oh, God. All right, now let's take a look at the second half of this episode. After Cassidy takes one for the team, Tucker says, it's not enough. More blowjobs. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I know it's not rape, but they did admit to being on the take. I was listening the whole night, all right? Their election of duty, maybe. Tucker, what do you think? West is not going to confess to Cassidy the second he meets him. He leaned on Tanya. It's subjective. Well, they were testing Cassidy tonight. Now he's got their trust. Look, he spends more time, they're going to slip up. Look, Captain, with all due respect to your unit's undercover abilities with escorts, they might slip up. Or he might slip up. SVU decides to lay a honey trap. Rollins poses as a drunk and disorderly party girl, and Finn is the driver whose limo she just barfed in. The patrolmen bring her home, and before Wes can make the move, he taps out and tells Cassidy to ride that baloney pony. Mm. But before they can spring that honey trap, West says they have to leave. In the back stairs, West and Quinn pull out their guns on Brian and find his wire. They slip their tail by commandeering that taxi cab or some shit and bring Cassidy to the docks. Either he tells them everything he knows or they'll make it look like he was killed by a perp. Benson and Morrow arrest the cops just in the nick of time. At the squad, they suspect Quinn has been an accomplice because of her unrequited love for her partner. And Liv says, I got this. (laughs) Uh, She spills the beans, including that the tip that Cassidy was undercover came from the lieutenant. Seems he got the tip from Tucker as part of Tucker's risky plan to see how high up the corruption goes. Craigan doesn't mind telling Tucker to go fuck himself (laughs) because, as he reminds the audience, he'll hit mandatory retirement in six months. Also, Munch is retiring next episode. So, in the meantime, Cassidy turns over the key to the deposit box with all the evidence, springs groves from the psych ward, and goes home to his increasingly complicated relationship with Olivia. So, to trap West... They lay this sting, which is hilarious. (laughs) Rollins pretends to get into a drunken fight with Finn. Mm. This is mm, chef's kiss. That's my car. Yeah? That was my car. Oh, I paid you for the night. I paid you. Take it easy, sweetheart. Be careful. Hey, calm down, sir. What are y'all looking at? 
cuffed you right here. Hey, stop it. Are you arresting me? Hey, that's up to you. Why don't you come with us? Oh, okay. Huh? I'll come with you. Yeah. I'll come with you. <laughs> it's amazing. Classic. There are so every time Rollins and Finn get set up for some sort of undercover thing. I there's the one which is I think the episode like right after this where they go into that party in the water the tower club, together yes. and yeah. like they pretend like he he's that old man. There's the one where she pretends she wants to get the elf ears and they go to like that freaky circus thing together. Mm-hmm. Jesus, yeah. yeah. They have like amazing undercover chemistry. And what was really funny to me about this. Kelly Giddish, God bless her, I love her so much. Her hair is not good. And they were like, in order to make this believable, we have to put her in this Heather Locklear wig. Yeah. Even though she's actually blonde, like with the same color hair. I found that fantastic. I think the wig was more to make her look disheveled and look her make her look more. <laughs> I mean, maybe her hair doesn't fall in a bad way like the wig does. So they just wanted to make her look more like she's been through a lot that night. <laughs> I don't know. It was, it was straightened pretty well, I thought, with a nice part in the middle. But... Yeah. I don't know. I just her as a sloppy drunk was kind of funny. She's just trying out channeling her trashy family. I mean, <laughs> she's got lots of experience, like her sister. Exactly. That's right. <laughs> Maybe that's the driver's license she used <laughs> when they uh, they decide that they're going to take her home. I don't know where they get these midtown undercover apartments. <laughs> Fully wired. I was thinking that. I'm like, that is not a cop's apartment. The fake driver's license that goes there. Yeah. Like, did Tucker like get that in advance? It was furnished. Was it a like executive rental? Or they just have the the apartments on you know on hold on retainer, I guess, uh, <laughs> yeah. just in case they need to do a sting thing. I don't know. Maybe one in every borough. So Rollins gets on the bed, and then West does, and then he has Cassidy do it. I was trained for this. Why is he making Cassidy go first? Probably still testing him. I don't like this. And then Wes wants to leave, and everyone's like, come on, don't you want to rape her? (laughs) Yeah. Just we're waiting for it. Yeah. And they leave, and even Rollins is like, I don't know, I was hoping he'd rape me. That's the whole point of bringing him here, right? (laughs) Mission not accomplished. They are disappointed that there was no sexual assault. That does The look on Rollins' face, yeah. yeah. She's like, what? Is this wig not doing it for you? (laughs) Like, what? Yeah, because it's kind of unclear, like, all right, where's the goal line what's the trap yeah what's the, i mean does he have yeah, like, to i don't know whip it out because cassidy had left the room at first and he was about to go yeah. on and then uh west got a phone call or something like that yeah isn't it enough to prove misconduct wouldn't she just like whip out her gun and say i'm actually a cop when he drags her up to her apartment and it's clear he wants to do something tucker wants more that's enough <laughs> yeah he does want like, no nope, he, he wants enough. cassidy to get shot and then he'll know for sure rollins is in this situation where she's honey trapped and she's wearing yeah. this like strapless dress which ostensibly she knew she was going to wear and put on by choice to be the part. But like the minute they walk into the room after the honey trap fails, they cover her up with like an NYPD jacket as if she's nude or like there's like she's cold or something like, yeah, guys, she's in on it. You don't need to treat her like a child. Did did you catch that too? I feel like they do that often when it comes to the woman going undercover or like when they get even a civilian going undercover, as soon as it's broken, they're like, here's a jacket, here's a blanket, let's uh, let's cover you on up, we're done. This, no one this needs to see over. your shoulders. Yeah, right? <laughs> so the plan Quinn puts together involves what, stealing a cab? And so the undercover cop, whose wire just went dead, can be found shot in another part of town? That's suspicious. Don't you think you would just want to kill him in your own dirty precinct? <laughs> so you can have one of the dirty, dirty homicide cops just cover it up for you? Not on the West Side Highway. Not on the West Side Highway. <laughs> right. The, the scene where the two cops, uh, Quinn and West, are about to shoot Cassidy, 
They did this long, like, talking thing. They were like, get this opportunity. Take it. Take it. That's your chance. I swear to God. Take it, Cassidy. Take it. That's it. You blew it. Shots fired. 1013. Suspect is shooting. Detective Charlie, I can't find my backup. Shots fired. I don't know where. They're not here. Wait. You're going to shoot me in the head with my own gun? Oh, not us. The perp grabbed it. And they weren't even like, like, why are you talking? If you really want this guy dead, kill him now. But they took exactly. so long that it gave Liv and everyone time to get up there. Like It's like the total villain thing that you see in like 007 movies and things like that. Monologuing. That was very foolish, Mr. Cassidy. <laughs> <laughs> so this episode is called Internal Affairs, which has a deeper meaning because of you know, Benson's emotional interiority. And then she... You're giving these writers a lot of credit. Yeah, I, was, yeah, I didn't right. think that, but okay, go ahead, go ahead. I see, I see multiple levels with the name. Okay, so she interviews Quinn about whether uh, she had misplaced feelings for her longtime partner. Mm, right. I mean, what did you think? That he was going to leave his wife and his kid for you? He spent the last five years sitting in that car hoping that one day that he'd look over at you and suddenly realize that you were the woman that he couldn't live without. It should be obvious to the audience that she's really talking about herself, right? She is. And, you know, it's funny. She has some nerve to tell that to tell Quinn, like, hey, uh, when's the last time you had a boyfriend? Uh, when's the last time you went on a date? Like, come on, Liv, you just got in a relationship. You were that girl not too long ago. So Yeah, for a long, long time. Yeah, <laughs> a really long time. Just mentioning sitting in the car with him and hoping that one day he'll leave his wife. I'm like, whoa, Liv. Is this how you yeah. felt all those years? You think he'll leave his five kids, <laughs> his emotionally disturbed older daughters? Even his, Dickie? Even Dickie. <laughs> for you, you know it's not going to happen. Even if you bring uh, his wife to the hospital while she's in labor and crash the car, it's not going to happen. It didn't happen when he and his wife were broken up. Why would, true. Why would you think it would happen any other time? Right. I actually don't think Olivia had aspirations to be with Stable. I don't think she... Everybody in the world did. That. A lot here's, of the fans. The shippers did. Yeah. Low key. They had chemistry. I think she wanted a Stabler. I don't think uh-huh. she necessarily wanted Stabler because she pushed back on his shit all the time. And she was also like really friendly with Kathy. I'm just going to say it. That wasn't fake. They seemed to actually have a good relationship. But Nettie, she actually just wanted Barbara, right? That's what they say, but I always thought Barbara was gay. Is that not a thing? <laughs> well, the internet does. The for internet sure. does. He always read gay to me, <laughs> <laughs> which is great. So Tucker's plan was to inform the twelfth precinct lieutenant uh, why Cassidy was there, just to see if the lieutenant was also in on it. Bingo. That's what I was waiting for. And when Cragen finds out, he says, "Are you kidding me? You leaked it. Cassidy could have gotten killed." And Tucker says, "He didn't. It worked." So case closed, I guess. Great argument. Yeah, it didn't happen. Uh, it's like the same argument the kids make when, like, they accidentally let the dog off the leash or something, and it's like, the dog got hit by a car. But well, he, he didn't. didn't. <laughs> what can you do? You could have gotten alcohol poisoning, but I didn't. Go to IAB. They're going to let me off. Yeah. Tucker was just hoping that Cassidy got in trouble, though. He was just like, oh, man, let's just push this. We don't have enough evidence. We don't have enough evidence. Let's send him back out. That was the plan all along. (laughs) Not enough. Keep going. Keep going. Got to keep going back up. That's right. When Cassidy does pull out the safe deposit box, that would have proved, you know, right from the beginning what was going on. Groves told me to take whatever was in this box to the New York Times. Where is it? 
Maybe if you got Groves out of the psych ward, he could tell you. You had this the whole time. Have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait, you look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money? A lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV, starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money? Which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start saving today. Visit Sling.com to see your offer. Sling. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today i thought you wanted your shield back that's why i'm giving it to you now tucker's like you're giving me this now and earlier on you know if you had done it you we never have to do this operation but you know <laughs> well cassidy's like hey i got a blowjob i got to ride in a cab i got to dry hump rollins none of that was gonna happen in the bronx <laughs> This was great. It's the best thing that happened to me all week. <laughs> Besides unpacking wine glasses at Liv's apartment. That sucked. <laughs> I got kidnapped. That's awesome. That's why he did it. He was so tired from like moving. You know, He was like, I need some entertainment in my life. I need some excitement. He just can't wait till Olivia like tries to make him go to museums on the weekend. And he's like, no, I'm not doing yeah. that. Me? <laughs> museums? Uh, no. All right, let's take a look at the real-life story that inspired this episode. It's time for Ripped from the Headlines. You think you know who did it. You think you know who did it, but you don't know who did it. You don't know who did it. Ripped from the Headlines. This episode takes cues from the 2008 case of two New York City police officers implicated in the rape of a woman in their care. Officers Kenneth Moreno and Franklin Matter were dispatched to help a drunk woman get out of a cab and escort her home. The victim awoke to find Morena raping her in bed. When accused, Morena denied the rape, saying he rebuffed her advances and left. At trial in 2011, Morena said he and the drunk woman merely cuddled, and Matter said he fell asleep on the couch, unaware of what was happening. But prosecutors say Morena raped a woman unable to consent, and his partner monitored radio traffic to ensure they weren't caught. They phoned in fake complaints about homeless people in the area and video showed them returning to the apartment another three times. At least one of the trips was to remove any evidence they'd been there. The victim later wore a wire and confronted her attacker, who never denied the encounter. The jury acquitted both officers of rape, sparking large protests against the verdict. They were, however, convicted of official misconduct for falsifying reports and were fired from the NYPD. Well, the papers first called them the rape cops. Then on the stand, Moreno said, nope, we just cuddled and snuggled. And the newspapers dubbed him the cuddle cop. No, he didn't. Yes, they did. I mean, he also told jurors that he doesn't kiss and tell. That's an excellent rebrand, by the way. Good job on him. Like, that's an excellent. They're making it sound like a toy or something or like a kid's toy. Yeah, not okay. Time to get cuddle cop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Squeeze him. And his nose lights up. 
<laughs> a little blue hat. He's all felt. But I mean, man, can a cop get convicted of fucking anything in this country? Nope. Next question. Uh, next. It's hard. Uh, it appears to be hard to get convicted of anything mm. as a cop. You can do whatever, it appears. What's interesting is that in a lot of states, and I believe our very own state is one of them, it is not illegal for a police officer to sleep with someone who's in their custody. Mm-hmm. That is actually like because of some incidents around the country where cops have raped women on the way to the precinct or whatever, oh, or exchanged, yeah. asked for sexual favors in, in exchange let for- let them go. Yeah. yeah. It is actually not illegal in many states for a cop who has all of the power to sleep with someone in their custody. Nettie, I believe that's what's called a loophole. <laughs> Yeah, a loophole or a uh, one of those old laws that they never updated or something. Or yeah, exactly. Like you can't take your horse out of the on some Sunday or something. You know those dumb like old laws. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. No wearing hats in church. Yeah. Um, That's a rule, not a law. Just FYI. <laughs> well, speaking of loopholes, DA New York DA Vance Cyrus, who's been in the news lately, if you follow politics. Sometime back, he asked the legislature to close a huge loophole in New York law that voluntarily intoxicated people do not meet the state definition of mentally incapacitated. (gasps) So they've had to drop prosecutions for sexual assault. What? Yeah. So it's It's going in the wrong direction. I believe that's called the (laughs) rape intoxication loophole. So Cuomo tried to close the loophole uh, this past session, but the legislature couldn't agree on a bill. What is more surprising, that this loophole exists or they can't seem to close it? Uh, that they can't seem to close it, considering how crazy this world is. And it's not like there's no rapes and they don't have a reason to. It's wait, They wait. had to drop the prosecution. How about you just charge him with rape? I have a question. Yeah. So are they trying to make it so that people who are drunk and are taken advantage of, they can't cry rape? That's what they're trying to make happen or that's what's happening? No, they're saying that... The law says, oh, well, you can't say this person couldn't consent. They're mentally incapacitated. So they're trying to make it good. They're trying to make it good. <laughs> okay. They're trying to say people, right. Because oh, basically okay. the law says, oh, you couldn't have been, you couldn't have been raped uh, because you, you were drunk and you wanted to get drunk. Then what's the point? I mean, if that's true, like what's the point of ketamine, right? It's like you yeah. could say that those aren't rapes, right? Because the person was intoxicated. Right. It's not my fault. It to be voluntarily. Drunk? Yeah. Voluntary. Yeah. If you went, you did it you yourself. went drinking yourself. You did it yourself. Right. Yeah. You were asking for it. Oh, oh there it is. Shit. Moreno did serve nine months uh, for the official misconduct conviction. The victim later filed a $57 million lawsuit against him in the city, which was thrown out because the judge says there wasn't evidence that the city was negligent in hiring him. So Moreno filed a $175 million lawsuit against her and the city. Uh, he said uh, even though he was acquitted of the rape charge, he just couldn't get a job. He says, quote, I don't want to be known as the rape cop. It's horrible. Mm. I'm sure that must totally suck for you. <laughs> yeah, how terrible you feel. What about the uh, the young lady? Mm. Uh, is there a Hallmark card we can send him? That's sorry. You got away with rape and now people still know it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Very, 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 very hard to feel bad for that guy. Who feels bad for that guy? Who? He does. His mom? He feels bad for himself. (laughs) (laughs) Look, that's going to do it for us. We want to thank our guest, Nettie Smith. Nettie, where can our listeners follow you online? So my podcasts are my life. So uh, my podcast page, S-O-N Wasted on Twitter. Get Wasted S-O-N on Instagram. And I have another podcast about the TV show Girlfriends. And you can find (gasps) me there at Hell Yes Girl. 
is the uh, Twitter. Eh, I love girlfriends. Uh, at Rebecca Lavoy, how can our listeners follow you? Uh, Twitter and Instagram. And if you want, mostly want to see my dogs, it would be Instagram at Reb Lavoy. And you can track me on Twitter at Kevin P. Flynn. You can tweet to us at Law and Order Pod or follow us on Instagram at These Are Their Stories Podcast. Our newsreader was Cy Freider. Our theme music was composed and performed by Uncanny Valleys. Line editing by Henry Lavoy. Content assistance from Travis Roy. Lily Flynn handles promotions. To get ad-free episodes of These Are Their Stories a week early, sign up at Stitcher Premium. All clips in this podcast were used in compliance with the U.S. Copyrights Act fair use exemption for criticism and commentary. Special thanks to the elite squad of the Law & Order Wiki community for preserving the evidence. Go to lawandorderpodcast.com and sign up for our newsletter for a chance to be our next Law & Order Marathon winner. These Are Their Stories was recorded in the Yoga Loft above the Bodega in Bay St. Louis, Mississippi studio and is a production of Partners in Crime Media. Partners in Crime Media.